Welcome to a very special episode of All Talk FC. We talk Premier League football, Champions League football, Italian football, and maybe some pop fiction. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> So we are recording this just after Man United's emphatic win. We're going to try and keep this short so I can get to line of duty. But uh, Robbie's made that a little bit more difficult because he spent, what, 15 minutes busting his teeth and reminded me that I have not done that today. <laughs> so we're both out here. Yeah, we's, uh, we both had a tough night yesterday. Yeah, it was a long day. Long day. We uh, did not. We, we, we uh, had brunch at your house, didn't we? Yeah. It wasn't too bad. So uh, yeah, it's invite. In the garden, outside. Outside in the garden, yeah, on my third floor flat. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, we have just watched Man United Spurs. I'm assuming we all did that, right? I didn't. Oh. Missed a good one. I missed a lot. I, I, I saw the last 10 minutes. I saw Greenwood's goal, but, yeah. Scale, scale of 1 to 10, how much will, will we still talk, even though you didn't watch the match? Oh, no, I, I don't do that. <laughs> you don't do that? Uh do you know what? I'll kick it off. VAR, wait, let's talk more VAR. No. Um, I uh, I think Man United deserved to win that game. And I think that uh, Pogba was definitely the man of the match, in my opinion. And I think yours as well, Danny, even though Fred got it. But I don't know if there was a player that had a bad match for Man United, in all honesty. And, and Spurs just kind of, what, went back to themselves of scoring a goal and sitting back and, and yeah, fuck them again for it. Which uh, <clears throat> I wasn't sure if you were talking, but yeah, I, d- I don't know if Spurs got a goal and set back because I don't actually think they went forward really much before the goal. And I, and I, I, the thing is, footballers are humans, and you could see that. No, they're not. That, they're rich. Their, their, their first, Spurs' first goal was clearly because United was still like, I, I was still angry, like when they scored, it was just like. You could you could see the the VAR, and I'm actually pleased we just managed to get to half time without a red card because, like McTominay, they were saying that the VAR were discussing saying McTominay could have got a a, a red card for the the incident that they disallowed the goal for because he was already on a yellow, mm. and it's uh <clears throat> you were like oh, it, it was one of those emotional bits where you're like it's just it's so stupid I don't like. I know game games are within themselves, but there was obviously there was a VAR. I don't know if any of you watched Burnley Newcastle this morning. Yeah, I was going to say about uh, the Tarkovsky one, isn't it? Yeah, and you're like, there's one in every game now. One's a, a foot in the head, and it's not given, and one is like a career-ending finger to the cheek. Um, I think I do think Arsenal they are quite close to Tottenham location. They need to get that medical staff because Son. They 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 were they were calling for the stretcher when he was down, and like you could see that like this one of the things that annoys me with the whole incident is like we moan we moaned about Neymar during the week saying he could be great, but it's the fact that he acts like every time he goes down it's the worst injury he's ever had, and I was like, well, Son proved why footballers do it because there was a hint that the ref might look at VAR. I think if Son gets up. They don't go to VAR. VAR, I don't even look at it. Absolutely. But 
But like the worst thing is it's not just footballers, it's the entire club, the medical, like you have doctors going out to, to him. Like you have professional doctors with PhDs going I out think I saw, to, I think I saw to check under- on him. I think I saw an undertaker at one point. They they were getting the stretchers. Like Mourinho gets a sub to warm up. Like it's all it's all in this act. And then you look at it, and, and then it's like, oh come on! Like you got a a slight finger to the cheek. And then it's like, but you see why? Because the ref was like, oh, I have to I have to overturn the goal. And you're like, well, I don't know. Like I've got a notoriously sharp fingernail on my pinky and my <laughs> McTominay could also have that affliction I have no idea but he does like, look the type doesn't he he looks the type yeah no I mean it's I do like it then when I feel like that the game itself it, it balances out it doesn't always happen you know Man United could very well have capitulated after that or get a draw and not get the result and see them get absolutely fumped like that like I just don't understand where where referees or you know any officials FIFA uh uh, the Premier League, it just isn't in the spirit of the game. Like, why is it? I don't understand why the the quality of contact isn't a thing. Where it's just literally just if you touch someone and they go down, that's it. Why? Why yeah. that that just isn't in the spirit of football. So I just don't understand why they think that and is a good thing and how they can continue to carry on with it because there has to be a change. There has to be. Yeah, and there's a very old mentality that they used to talk about when we watched football growing up, and one of the in the early 2000s, there's a big criticism that referees aren't ex-footballers. And you look today and you're like, that is a referee who has never played a game of football because... He may not play any sport. Like their, <laughs> their reasoning why it was a foul was McTominay's arm was an unnatural running position. And I was like, if any of you have ever played football and someone puts their hand on your shirt or chest to try and pull you back, your natural instinct is to push their arm away. Like anyone who's played football knows that's what you do when someone tries to like, when you're trying to catch someone up, you do, you try and put your arm on their arm and you try and slow them down. That's why like players like Greenwood and Rashford aren't always outrunning the defenders because they know how to to use their body to to slow the other person down. And that person who's running's natural instincts to try and put their hand off them to try and make distance. So like when they're like, oh, it's unnatural. You're like, you've never played a game of football. You don't like that is natural. It's like when they say oh, it's unnatural when they jump with their arms above their waist, and you're like, well, you've never, you've never played this. So it was just an example. And as you say, like it's good the game, uh, I ended up getting the right result, and Man United didn't capitulate. But that's only because of the time of the incident. I think if it was five minutes after halftime, Man U would have, and we would have lost. I think, as I said, we were lucky. I thought we were going to get a red card before halftime get to half time and then they came out with a point to prove so I, I thought that second half was probably the most like, most I've enjoyed watching Man United in quite a long time they were uh, a handful of those players I mean Pogba was outstanding a handful of them Cavani was excellent Fred was excellent even when Bissaka and you know I've not been his greatest fan always was absolutely excellent because he was doing he was excellent positionally and defensively which he always is anyway but he was actually attacking, getting forward and putting crosses in, which he just never does. So I really enjoyed that. But I think what was really interesting, I read um, there was a, an article that um, they were interviewing Joe Roden a few hours before the game. They knew you know, that centre-back for the place for them. And they were saying what, you know, how they were feeling in that Newcastle game when they conceded a really late goal. And I don't know if you saw after the game, they showed the stats of um, Spurs. And they're 
they're the worst in the league for conceding late goals, the worst in the league for taking the lead and then losing the game, the worst in the league for all of those kind of stats. They're literally bottom. Um, and it's very un-Mourinho-like is what they're saying. And they're like, how is it possible that Spurs are doing that? In his interview, he said, Mourinho has said to us, we need to be arseholes. We need to have grit and we need to annoy people. And we, need to... and we know that, right? Because when we watched, a few years ago, we watched the, the Mourinho-Levy documentary, not the Spurs documentary, uh, it, every every time there was a match, that's what he was saying to them. He was saying, like, be arseholes, make them hate you. He wasn't, he wasn't doing tactics. He wasn't doing anything. And you can see Spurs did that in the first half. And you need a really strong ref if a team is going to do that. And it's all right, like, you can have that in the team. If you think about the good teams of old, Man United had the Roy Keynes and even Valencia and the Vidiches, and they would sometimes scuffle and they'd annoy people and they were difficult to play against and they were aggressive. But they had a tactic and they had smart players around them that still meant they could go and attack and create things and it was a good balance. Spurs feel like they're all they're being told to do is that. So that whole first half was like a classic... You just felt like they were going to win the game 1-0 because if they did that for 90 minutes they would have done because they were pissing everyone off. The ref wasn't strong enough to realise it. He was giving fouls everywhere. It was a yellow cards throwing around. They were diving around. They were pissing people off. They were getting in people's ears. They are doing everything that Mourinho exactly would have wanted. And he'll be pissed off because in the second half, they didn't really do that. They actually allowed United to play. And United were brilliant, but absolutely excellent. They, Pogba was just everywhere. He was outstanding. And I think United are fortunate because they've got the quality and they had the mentality to be able to come out in the second half and play like that and beat them. A lot of other teams might not have done and they might have crumbled to what had happened in that first half. And Mourinho would have looked like a hero getting his 1-0 you know, against one of the big teams or 0-0, whatever. And that would have been it again. But I think, yeah, really enjoyed that second half. I'm really glad that Mourinho got his comeuppance. Well, Sky Sports came up with, I saw on Twitter afterwards that uh, Man United are the, have got the most points from losing positions in the Premier League this season and it's 25 points. The second most is Leicester and West Brom at nine. So whatever it is that Man United do, it's hugely significant. And I don't, you know, maybe Mark is saying, well, you know, Spurs didn't drop back after they scored a goal. But Sky Sports also said the stat, which is, um, you know, all the attacking and attempts that Man United had before their goal to afterwards. And Maybe not specifically this game, but I do think there is something about Spurs where they do, as soon as they get in a winning position, they're just not as as aggressive in that respect. And That's Mourinho. That's that's exactly yeah. what Man United were like. That's what Inter were like, Real Madrid. That, that was the complete criticism of Mourinho from day one. That's what you buy with Mourinho. And they, I, don't think they played, I don't think they actually played that poorly. I mean, they put a few things together. They just wasn't able to kind of capitalise at the end. And it's interesting when you say, like, they've been told to act like a certain way. You have to be smart about it as well, like you said. And and players like Dyer, I don't think really have that savviness about them. No. They're not. They're, it's just a lump. I think yeah. it's a sign of their players as well. Like yeah, I I like watching Kane for England, and I, I was saying there was an England goal where he had no desire to get into the box, and uh, I do think like it'll be like oh they sit back, but when you look at their team, you're like well Lucas Moura and potentially Son are the only two that really have sort of a desire to attack. I think there are certain players like Aurier and Regalon who look like Mourinho's puts restrictions on how far forward they could go. But I, I look at like their midfield, Toyberg, uh, Kane is basically a midfielder. Like they just don't seem to have that kind of desire to attack. They, they almost seem like they, they enjoy that style. I don't know. Well, this is what the goal, the goal, the goal involve, involvement stuff, I think, is a bit misleading. And, and you know, they were showing how Kane is the second most in Europe behind Lewandowski. But, you know, 
half of those are assists. And obviously that, that is an important factor. But when you have your main striker who is half and half and he's not as clinical, all the seasons before that and last season, he was getting like 30-something goals a season. And he's not even close to that. But it seems well, like... He, he will get goals. close to... He's at 20-something already. He'll get close to 30 goals. Yeah, what I'm saying is that he's not playing his game. He's not playing what you want from a, from your number nine, basically. That's all I'm trying to say about that. I think he's... I think he's doing more than he's ever done. Like, the goal involvements, the fact that he's got the most assists in the league and nearly the most goals in the league is pretty spectacular for what think, is a number think, nine. But do you think that's him improving his team in a different way or he's actually doing something which isn't provided for him anymore? I mean, you know, it's been, I know it's been a few seasons since he's had Ericsson or, or players of that like, but there's no creativity coming from midfield. There's no assists from there. You'd rather there's just come from exactly and kept it. You've answered, you've, you've answered it. That's exactly why. Yeah, but I'm, saying that, I'm saying that doesn't amount to anything good. I'm not, you're, you're acting as if that's a, a good thing. Maybe individually for Kane it is, but for Spurs, you don't want that. You don't want that from your striker, in my opinion. You want that from someone else. Yeah, it depends. Like it, midway through the season when Son and Kane were scoring and assisting each other every single game for like nine or ten games in a row, you wouldn't have said that. Because you're like, well, when Kane doesn't, Son picks it up. When Son doesn't, Kane picks it up. And the, the difference is they just haven't, that hasn't continued. They've had some, Son got injured. There's, you know, it, it didn't quite continue. And then you look at it back and you go, well, why isn't Kane getting 30 goals and Son's getting 15 assists? The reality is them scoring goals has actually not been such a problem. They've, They've got a better goal difference than Chelsea, I think. They've got a better goal difference than West Ham. They've got a better goal difference than a lot of the teams up there. Um, but their issue is their approach to games and the big games is because of how Mourinho sets them up. Well, from one manager to the other, and uh, hopefully he will be now, he can uh, wake up and get involved. Uh, <laughs> you wanted to talk about Juventus for what particular reason? Well, so Juventus, of, as we all know, have pretty much dominated Italian football for the last seven or eight years. Isn't that because they're big fat cheaters? Yeah, there is an argument to say that they've they've got unscrupulous owners. Unscrupulous is that a word? It is the Italian I, league, after all. Yeah, and it is the Italian league. Um, I just think it's really interesting that I mean, in, I think Inter are going to win the league this year. Of course, certainly. Yeah. Um, it's the first year under a new manager. And I think Pirlo's gonna gonna be getting a lot of stick for how they've for how they've failed to perform this season. I think there has to be a question over Ronaldo. Was it stupid to pay that amount of money for a for a thirty five year old? Um, would Juventus fans say that that Ronaldo's underachieved or that he he has done pretty much what, what's expected? And they're in a very similar position to Barcelona now, where they have a lot of players over 30. They have Ramsey, they have Cuadrado, they have Ronaldo, um, the centre mid that they got from Barcelona, whose name escapes me at the moment, all over the age of all um, over the age Vidal? of 30. Pardon? Vidal? Did they get Vidal? No, Vidal's but I don't know whether they got Vidal back actually. But um Inter now, with their win earlier, are, are probably gonna win the league. Um and that brings us on to something else, which is of interest to this podcast, because they started with three, either current or ex-Man United players. Matteo Darmian scored their goal from right wing back. Uh, Alexis Sanchez started up front next to Romelu Lukaku. And Ashley Young also started that game as well. So actually four. I was going to say, you're missing that. Yeah. I was missing Young. Um 
which also brings us on to something else. Has has Conte? Well, obviously he has done a great job there, but was Conte given a fair crack of the whip at Chelsea? And is he actually one of the most underrated managers of the last five six years in the Premier League? Because he came Mark here. Loves Mark, Mark absolutely loves Conte. He's good. Like the the thing is, he's a bit like a. I'd say he's a bit got a Mourinho-esque to him where mm-hmm. he's got like a second or third season collapse. So like, as you say, he's got Ashley Young there. I I, I was out of all the players you named, I do. I really like Ashley Young. Yeah, I, I like Ashley Young. And he's been a good he's servant a, for United. He's an ageless wonder, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And and he went to Inter Milan and now he's going to have a, a, a league title there. So he, his trophy cabinet will be one of those, you know, like, in 20 years, he's on soccer. He's on soccer AM, and and he's like, "Look at all these things I won," and you're like, "Bloody hell, you've got the full suite." <laughs> yeah, and so I'm pleased for him. He's doing it, but yeah, with Conte, it's never, no doubt. Like with Chelsea, he won the title that first year, and it, and there, there was an element of Man City. Not, they, they, there was, but I, I question Man City with their back to backs. Like as soon as they win the title, they seem to to switch yeah. off. But I mean, he he nearly he he's nearly still, knocked, you still have to win it, isn't it? Yeah, but also he's he's he nearly knocked. Well, he did it in his first year. He knocked Man City from their perch, and then he's gone to Italy, and he's knocked Juventus from their perch. Which, if you've said, if someone had said to you five years ago, like we're going to be in early April, and Juventus are looking like they have pretty much no chance of the title, and they're in third position um, with Andrea Pirlo as manager, who and out, out the Champions League, out of the Champions. Thing. Out of the Champions League, like we're talking about one of European, well, one of Europe's biggest clubs here, and and yeah, they're looking like they're treading water at the minute. They're actually starting to remind me a little bit of how Milan were three or four years ago, when Milan was sort of floundering, and you thought, sort of, where do they go from here? And I feel like that with Juve at the minute. I think Juve are, I think they're they're a bit rudderless, and and I wonder. Is that down to Pirlo or is that down to all the things I mentioned before? You know, we're like, hey, is this is this is this just this season? Because obviously you mentioned to me that that this is significant. You got your mate Charlie to message me to also say that we need to talk about Juve and and Pirlo. So what? Why is it so significant? Is it just this well, season? Have they been like this for? No, people? it's they've they've looked like they've sort of they've sort of lumbered over the line. The last two or three seasons, I think. I think the Ronaldo bit, the Ronaldo purchase was just weird. I think if you've well, got, right, you've got, you've got. Hold on, you've got Hold one on. of the biggest, biggest brands in football in the world. Uh, one of the best players that ever lived. Obviously, he's thirty-five, but he's no average thirty-five-year-old. Well, can I read to you he's, Ronaldo's he's stats? For this? Yeah. Can I read to you Ronaldo's stats for the season? He scored twenty-five goals in twenty-seven Serie A games. He scored four goals in six Champions League games. Two out of three Coppa Italia games, and the only game in the Super Copa they played, he scored. He's got thirty-two goals in thirty-seven games this season. But he was, I don't think you can put any plus assists and everything else. You can't put any of this on that. To, to me, it seems, to me, it seems that it's not that did Juventus um, make a mistake in buying Ronaldo? Is it Man United made a mistake letting all their players go because they seem to be the well, wonderful thing? My, my, the issue with Ronaldo, it's not that. It's not that I'm not saying Ronaldo is a bad player. He's obviously one of the best players that's ever lived. He's no Aguero. What I'm saying is that Ronaldo was the player that was meant to take them over the line to win in a Champions League. And in hindsight, I wonder if if they had that hundred million to spend again, if they'd have been better off signing other. I mean, they've they've got Delict there as well. 
Um, yeah, but, but look who they hold on. Look who they signed. They, they've spent like nearly two hundred million since then. And look who they so they signed Artur, who the one you're thinking of from Barcelona. Yeah, he was fifty million. They signed Morata, thirty-five million. He's offside every. Yeah, Morata was a very very strange signing. They signed Weston, Weston McKenney for twenty million from Schalke, who oh, he's an all right player. But you look at some of the signings they've made, even outside of Ronaldo. Yeah, I, I, you can question whether they'd have spent hundred million better anywhere else. I, I don't know. I mean, they're not. They're definitely not going to get a hundred million for an hour, though. Um, they've no, not, not. No, they've now not won the league, and they've wasted money elsewhere. But I just, I just think that that was a very strange transfer all round. I think it was strange of Ronaldo to choose to go there when he could have gone anywhere in the world. Um, I think it was strange of them to, when they have that level of money to spend on players, to just constantly be signing players over thirty. I just think is really strange, and. I also think like the Western McKenney and the the Artur, it's just are they just chucking money at, at, at a problem and hoping that something sticks, or or do they have a real plan as to how they want to play and what they want to be? Because you know they don't. God, they've clearly uh, gone backwards over the last eighteen you, months. You've had or, a go at Arteta for a long time, right? For being not a good manager because he's in his he's in his first managerial job. Yeah. You go right. He was a decent player. He knows the club. Let's put him in charge and let's look. He's shown he can do some coaching. We'll put him in charge and hope he can do a good job. Mm. Clearly, he's not done a particularly good job, or in your eyes, certainly. Yeah. Pillow's a, a national champion, national hero, sorry. Mm-hmm. He's a hero for Juventus as well. He knows the club inside out. He's done coaching there. They were looking for a new manager and thought, look, let's give him a chance. He's in his first season of coaching. I, I think, you, all right, he's, you know, they've not won the league one for one season. But I think okay. to say it's the biggest failure ever and, you know, it's a club transfer policy issue, I think it's just... Inter are very good. They've got, uh, Conte is a very good manager. They've they've spent a lot of money. They spent two hundred and fifty million quid in the last year and a half on building a thirty five year old team that is going to win the uh, Scudetto. That is it. That is their goal to try and beat Juventus. Okay, but then Milan are also ahead of Juve. So do you? Yeah, but they won't be for long. I mean, right. there are a few points. Here's a question then that I'd like to put to the three of you, and we can write this down. This time next year, are we going to be talking about this season as a blip for Juventus or? Yeah. So you 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 you're confident Juve win the league next year? They'll be back. It's the Italian. It's Italian football. They'll be back. Right. They were in Division Two not that long ago. They'll be back. Yeah, I do. I do think. Are we talking like they've won what the league ten years in a row? Yeah, yeah. And 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 like Ronaldo has won the league with them twice, and this is his third year, and it's like they haven't won the league, and it's like oh, is this the fall of a giant? Is this Ronaldo with bad signing? Um, it's like hang on, it's it's one like. It's a, it reminds me a little bit of Celtic in, in like a, 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 a gold star Celtic where it's like once you get better than every other team in the league, all you need to do is maintain just being better than the second best team in that league. And gradually mm-hmm. your quality will dip every year. Then Inter will pip them this year. And now you'll see Juve respond because they've so never had to respond. If we had, if we had ten pounds to put on either a Celtic Juve double or an Inter Rangers double for next season, where would your money be going? Uh, I mean, there's no chance Conte does it twice, two times a year. He he has a fallout with the club like three times a week. There's no Whoa. chance he'll be there at the end of next season. So I, Inter are not winning it again next year. This was a one time. If, if it was the same money, if it was the same odds, I'd, I'd be Celtic Juve. Yeah, but then, but then, but what will happen is I'll look and it'll be like four to one for Rangers and uh, yeah. and, right, and, and it'll be and it'll be barely evens for the Celtic 
one yeah. and I'm like, oh, actually, let's let's go the other way. <laughs> I'd rather have money on on AC Milan next year than Inter Milan. I just there's okay. no chance. Their players are like forty nearly. They've got no chance. This no. is all or nothing for them. I'll uh, I'll just say for my part, just to end it, that um, I'm going to put money and just say that Juve is going to get relegated. How about that? Big stranger, stranger things have happened. Hey, they do. No, I don't think anything stranger than Juve getting relegated has happened. Like, well, how not, about yeah, like them match. getting relegated two leagues down? Yeah, but yeah, that, that, was that was for match. Yeah. Fi- that was for match yeah. fixing. That wasn't on well, the pitch. He didn't say. He didn't say why. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Champions League football. Uh, I I think the Champions League is probably the most exciting competition at the moment. It seems, and usually uh, always, uh, always, always good. Um, I'll kind of do a combination of uh, the Champions League draft and the Champions League results. Um. I just want to go to say when Mark last week said that Liverpool were what the third best team in the Champions League. I did argue. I did say yeah, Real Madrid were going to do it. I think we favorites. both did, and I was. I think we both did, and I thought, yeah, I didn't think they were even close to that, and they absolutely showed that. Like they're just not. They're just not the same same team, especially with their centre backs, which we pointed out last week. I do. I do love your confidence that Real Madrid will go through. Like that. Do do not. I'll bet you. Let's make a bet that uh, you got you got Liverpool. I've got Real Madrid. Right, what but, money are we talking? Million. No, I, I might as well. I might as well do that in, on the bookies. I will put money on the bookies that Liverpool will qualify. I'll give you good odds, evens. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. I I was I was like, you guys are just so quick. As soon as Real Madrid score, you're like, okay, see, we told you. I'm like, don't write, don't write Liverpool. If one thing Liverpool have shown in Champions League history. Is you don't write them off after, after essentially a half time. So. I do think you're, you're, just getting, you're just you're just getting stubborn now because you know it's not the same sort of thing. Like this Liverpool team isn't the same side as as then and even themselves at the beginning of uh, this season. They've lost. They've totally lost their spine. They've got no leadership on the pitch, and particularly at this level, I just can't see them getting through. I mean, obviously, it's easier saying that seeing as they're three one down. Um, so I won't get my chest up too big about that. But you know. I, they just—they're just not—they're just, just not, unfortunately, just not that good. Which is fine because they've—they've been good for so long. You just have to accept that, isn't it? And just as we talked about Juventus having a blip, I—I would like to think that this is a blip for Liverpool, and hopefully next year, because I like Liverpool. Hopefully they'll do a bit better next year. You know, depending on what they've got. Yeah, that was Real Madrid without their two centre backs as well. We have to acknowledge, like that was—I I think Real Madrid are going to win the Champions League this year. I—I think—I think. I think They've got one more year left in them. I know they've got a lot of players. I've just been slagging off uh, Juve for having too many players over 30. And Real Madrid's entire team pretty much is over 30. But I do think this will this will be Real Madrid's year. I, 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 mean, I, I still know. say that the winner comes from PSG Bayern. I, I actually I agree with you. I, I think, I mean, for, I, I would love to see Pochettino win the Champions League with PSG. I'd just be, there's so many stories behind that that make that a good story. But I think... Um, uh, I think with Real Madrid, I don't know if you saw the Clasico yesterday. Um, they they beat Barca two 0 I mean, they absolutely scored Barca again. Modric and Cruz were just they're just different level with really. it. Oh, they're ridiculous. It, I don't know, I don't know how they're getting better, but they're somehow getting better, and it's just scary. And I think that, well, Real Madrid do do this. We said it last week. Real Madrid do this at the end of seasons. They they turn up, and yeah. that is why they keep winning Champions Leagues because they turn up in March and April that's what they do and they don't have a great start to the year but I, it's, I'm not saying it's a foregone conclusion yeah Liverpool is a hard game at Anfield Liverpool love a comeback at Anfield but there are no fans 
and that makes a massive difference. Like Liverpool took a 93rd minute Trent screamer this week to beat Villa to get their first win at home in this calendar year, and we're now in April. Like it, it's not the Liverpool old, and I, I do think Liverpool will go through. No, but Villa's no mugs. That's, that's, uh... Well, they have been recently. They they haven't won anything since Grealish has been off. They've hardly won any. Um, is there any surprise from the the PSG Bayern Munich result? Like no, no, no surprise. Think, for me, yeah, I was really surprised. What the, what what surprised you? The, yeah, the scoreline. Because I, I was, I'm gonna say the same thing for you, Dan. It's like I was surprised at the openness of the game. It was almost like. You know, sometimes in fighting, two fighters kind of respect each other so much. They're, they're a bit gun shy. They're not going for blow. They, these two teams were just open and just getting after it. And yeah. Unfortunately for Bayern Munich, is that to me it seemed like they missed Lewandowski because yeah, but who like, wouldn't miss Lewandowski? Yeah, yeah. Obviously you'd miss it, but like they, you'd think maybe the players that they have can kind of overcome it. They could have, they probably could have drawn that game or won it. But Moting, what's his name, Chepa? The reason everyone enjoyed that game, the reason that was a good game, I, I, it, there was a, I was a great referee. Like we talk about, great the game referee, today, great we talk about the game today and the United game and, and needing a strong ref. This ref was excellent. Like he was, it was a, you know, a liberal ref because it's funny because the backstory of it is recently over the last few months, Spanish referees have been getting a lot of shit in Europe. They've been getting told that they're not doing a good enough job. And this guy... I think they've taken it. He did a brilliant job. And anyone that came and challenged him, boom, yellow card, go away, I'm not talking to you. They stopped instantly. Any silly rolling around, whatever, wasn't interested. Even Neymar, by the second half, stopped rolling around because he realised mm-hmm. the ref wasn't interested. And I think when you get a ref like that and you get two teams like that, you end up getting a really great game. But I thought it was a great game. I thought it was the one thing, of the best. The thing for me was, I've never watched a game where I've seen Neymar spend 60 minutes of the game pressing the defenders. Like, Never. I cannot believe, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Like Neymar running side to side, pressing defenders. Neymar doesn't do that. Yeah. That's he, was crazy. So, he was so tired. That's why he was, that's why he kept falling over. Well, <laughs> just pure <laughs> exhaustion. You know what though? Like the reason Bayern struck, I know Bayern dominated and they had loads of shots. And Navas made loads of great saves. And yeah, you look at the stats and Bayern obviously dominated, but Pochettino set them up to play on the break with Mbappe's pace, with Neymar's pace, and they set it up perfectly. And it was weird because it's snowing. I thought, oh, there's no chance. They're not going to be up for this. But, Especially um, with that many Brazilians in the snow. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, there's no chance they're up for this. But actually, they all play in, the, in France anyway where it's cold. Um, yeah. And they were they were absolutely brilliant, all of them, all their players. I was really, in, really impressed. In my opinion, I actually thought Bayern Munich got a bit lucky with the two goals that they got. But do you, do you think that this is... I guess with the scoreline, it seems much more open than it is. Do you think Bayern Munich or PSG comes through? Bayern, Bayern for me. Yeah, yeah. A really difficult to say. I think if Lewandowski, yeah, I think back, it's a coin flip. He's if he's he's not. Back, it's Bayern. If not, I think PSG I, I genuinely think PSG is going to do it. I, 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 that's who I think. Yeah. If they play like that again, most like any team is going to struggle because they've got the quality. Right? They've got the Mbappe's and Neymar's of the world. And the like, even getting Garner Gay was unbelievable in that game, like breaking up everything. But they've got the players. If they play like that as a team, structured pressing on the counter, no, no one's going to stop them. They're, they're brilliant. How long is it before Mbappe is the best player in the world? So I, I just every time I see him lately, I'm just so impressed with with everything about him. He's so precise, it seems, and he's powerful, quick, and his attitude just seems to be like just bang on it. Like, I, I'm so envious. Like when you see a good young player like that, you just get so envious thinking, ah, oh, I wish like, I wish England could produce a player like that. Do you know what I mean? It's just, 
Yeah, he's just so good. But I, I think I, I think he'll be the best player in the world probably within within two or three years, depending on um, Erling Haaland. Yeah, Haaland if, as you if as PSG win the Champions League this year you and in France win the Euros, he could be deemed the best player in the world in July. But Messi is at 16 and a half years old as well. Unbelievable. But Messi, Messi is ridiculous still. Like I think because we don't get to watch Spanish football very much over here, people actually forget how great Messi is. Like, it's all about what you win. Like we know, we know that. But then the reason Modric was in the, um, you know, the running for Ballon, let's be honest, for the game, it was because of Croatia in the World Cup and yeah. the Champions League. Like you, Messi, ha- obviously, is Messi, right? There's no one better than Messi, but. If, if Barcelona finish third, they look like they probably will. And they yeah. don't win the Champions League, so they're going to win it. You know, how can you give any of their players best player? In the, you, you can't really. And I think you're right. Mbappe, if they get anywhere close to the Champions League in the Euros, he's, he'll win it easily. Do you, think Dortmund's got a Do you think Dortmund's got a chance against City? Yeah, there's always a risk there's going to be a Pep team selection. That, that is, is true. Class. That is true. Yeah, it, uh, yeah disaster class. That is exactly Pep semi-final, quarter-final disaster class. Always yeah. a chance. That's what I mean. Without without that Barca side, Pep wouldn't have won a Champions League. He actually took over Jupp Heynckes' Bayern side that had just won the uh, Champions League. The treble. They just the won the treble. The didn't, didn't win it. Oh, yeah. Came to Man City. He's never Every year people go, yep, City are the best team left in this. He doesn't win it. It's just, it's so bizarre. <laughs> I do think City on their day are the best team in it. I really do. And I think they would give Bayern a really good game on their day. But like you said, you just don't know what team's going to turn up. You don't know what Pep's going to do with the lineup. And so you just don't. If they play their best team in their normal positions, their normal formation, yeah. play their game, they'll beat anyone. They'll yeah. beat anyone. But that's, that's the thing. It's uh, with Pep, it's like we, we know by having Holding Man City players in our fantasy team, he never plays the same 11. It's yeah. so annoying. But that's okay when you're playing like. A, a West Brom or someone in the bottom half but when you come up against good teams like last year was it Leon that knocked him out this mm-hmm. year uh, it wouldn't surprise me Borussia Leeds you can't you can't take these teams as small teams like you when, I see, um, when I see Jesus in their side it's really hard for me to really be like they're going to make that jump he, he, I, he's just such a bad player to me that I, he, oh Guardiola loves him though hey? Guardiola seems to love him I, yeah, I think choice. he's losing. I think he's I, losing. I love him. He's yeah, got a choice. I, he'll love him this season. Yeah, he's got to try to. But I, for me, it's as simple as Gundogan. When I see him not starting, like yeah. this weekend, he's their top like, scorer. Yeah, I'm like, what are you doing? Like the, mm. the one guy who really has stepped up, rolled back the years, and suddenly looks like a different player. Like you then drop him, and and drop him regularly, as my fantasy team tells me. So, <laughs> honestly, not play it's bizarre. It's really That's why bizarre. I captained him because he didn't play the game before. So he, mu- he must be saving him for. Uh, <laughs> Got it. He must be saving saving him for this week. He's turned deep, from like deep in your bench. Oh. Yeah, he's, he's got to be. He's got to be over thirty now, Gundogan uh, as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. got to be. He looked like I bet you he looked he looked fifty five when he was twelve. I bet you like he was the guy in school who had a full beard at eleven. Like, yeah, that's yeah. who he was. Let's quickly do the uh, Champions League draft then, which um we'll just quickly. Bring back to return. So, uh, Danny, you've got Dortmund and Chelsea. You scored yeah. 145 points this week. That's- Come on, Chelsea. Well, well played. I mean, I hate them. Yeah. Good job. Well, Mark, you got Man City Porto. You got 105 points this week. And then I've got Bayern Munich Liverpool. I got minus 50. 
That's horrible. <laughs> so I got Man. I got Man City and who? Sorry, Porto. Porto. Okay. So we got a swap. We do. Yes. Yes. So I got. Oh, hold on. Let me look at the points. Um, I'm going to swap out Liverpool for Real Madrid. Look at that. Who's going to do that? So uh, yeah. Um, Mark, who do you want to swap out? Left in the pot is uh, Lib- uh, PSG still there. Oh my goodness, what have I done? And uh, Liverpool. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I've got Man City. So I've obviously, I'm going to drop Porto. I, I, they, stay, they still could turn it around, but Chelsea's a weird one. They seem to be doing all right, ticking along okay. Um, so Porto's gone. I just want to do Liverpool just for the just for the crap. You've got, crap. You've got to do Liverpool after that conversation. You've got to. <laughs> you've got to. Uh, yeah, Danny's just saying it so he can get PSG. But uh, let's do it. Fuck it. <laughs> let's do it. Liverpool. You can't, you can't have an argument. Yeah. I'm going to put all my money on Liverpool and then not pick them when you get the chance. All right, here we go, Liverpool. So Dan, actually, I think it's a tough choice for you. No, who are you going to well, drop? Dortmund. Dortmund. Oh, I'm keeping Chelsea. They'll beat Porto. They're two 0 up away. Come on. Um, I'm going to, I mean, still Dortmund have too many injuries for me. I think they were fortunate that City didn't score more. And um, I'm going to go with PSG for Dortmund, definitely. Lovely. So well, I'll check the next round, but we might not do a swap there because I think that might be a bit too, we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, hopefully Real Madrid get through and uh, I'll get some plus points. Do you know what? Me and you, Chris, are on almost bang me exactly the same points, I want to keep. After all this, three and a half thousand points and we're nearly on the same score. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I know it's a shame. It's a low-scoring season for us in the Champions League draft, but, you know, hopefully (laughs) next year we'll do a bit better. Uh, Should we go to the results league? Which uh, actually you can't really do too much with because um, Arsenal are playing at the moment and they're winning 1-0, so that's good for me. Uh, I believe it's 1-0 still. It's still 1-0. You got it bang on with Man United to beat Spurs 2-1. Away from home, Ooh, big four points. And Danny, uh, it was oh, a, it was three one. It was, yeah, it wasn't. Two oh, one. what am I doing? I did that too early. That's why I, did, I think I was doing it during the game. It's your dodgy stream, Chris. You haven't got to stoppage time yet. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're usually behind, but this is wait. I'm still didn't watching I, the Newcastle wait, uh, Burnley didn't game. I, didn't I go three one? Oh my god, I've done this. So, yeah, it was me. I did two one. You have. I did two one. Why have you just changed it to three? I don't know. I did two one because I had to. I had Spurs left to lose and Man United left to win. I was talking about it, saying I'm going to go Man United. Correct. I've changed it all. Mark, you got to wait for Brighton Everton tomorrow. That was my attempt yeah. at being quick, and I've seemed to have made this a bit longer. So there you go. Brilliant. Um, so I got the I got the right result and away, right? No, you went two one. The game was three one. Oh yeah, of course it was. So one one. Oh. There we go. Um. Next week, I'm going to go for Everton to beat Spurs, and I'm going to go 2 1. Shit, I haven't even looked at the. Hey, wonderful. Uh, I think Spurs will go back to back losses. I think they're terrible. Ooh, that's a big that's a big statement that Everton to beat Spurs. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I can't remember the game, but it's early anyway. So, uh, What's happening next week? Because it seems like all the games are spread over like five or six days. I know, it's so annoying. Now, the Fantasy Football's next week is going to be a nightmare. It's one game a day, basically, for a week. Why is that? I have no idea. They've banned banned the three o'clock game, so it doesn't clash with Prince Philip's funeral. Uh, Yeah, but I think it's... I I don't think it's that, um, because... I think it's um, FA Cup the, the league, FA Cup or League Cup, or the, yes. there's so much going on. It's, it's a cup thing. 
Uh, there's two Premier League games Saturday. Right. Two Sunday. And then one every day the rest of the week. So, uh, I'm going to go with, on. I've got mine. I'm going to do the sure bet, which is Saturday early kickoff. <laughs> you should always bet the early kickoffs. And I'm going to yeah. do Messi Lingard's West Ham to beat Newcastle. <laughs> Messi Lingard. <laughs> to be fair, Lingard, we should talk yeah. about him. I mean, what a player. Straight yeah. out of the academy. I know. I know. We, should, <laughs> we need to start. Great young player. He's got a hell of a future. need to sign that man up, man. What a player. He's, yeah. he's, he's, so, he's so good that they now call Messi Lionel Jesse. <laughs> so, uh, but we, um, I'm going to go with a nice uh, 3-1 West Ham away to uh, Newcastle. I fucking love Lionel Jesse. That's quality. Lionel Jesse. The Messi Lingard made me chuckle last week. Was it last week on here you said it? Or was it last week yeah. in person you said it? Quality, uh, man. Uh, Danny, who you got? So, I mean, they've got to win. And I think Wolves are... Yeah, I'm going to have to go from Sheffield United away at Wolves. Uh, I think that this is... They've got to win a game. So I'm going to go for a solitary 1-0, Sheffield United. Lucky 1-0. Sheffield United are just so bad. And it's such a shame because they weren't... That bad. It just wasn't. Well, I mean, bad. they're losing to Arsenal. That's how bad they are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they were set up last season like a classic early two. Oh, he's frozen. I, 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 do you know what? I want to say that um, I think that Leeds probably aren't as fraudulent as I previously Ah, was. interesting. Interesting. But they also. Who's going to finish higher, Leeds or Arsenal? Let's be honest. Leeds. Oh, okay. No, Arsenal, <laughs> come on, man. Come on, Rory. Stop being a dickhead, man. Are you watching this shit show that's being served up now? Uh, some of it, but not, not all of it. But, um, yeah. It ain't pretty. Uh, Danny. Yeah. You want to give us a game? Yeah, let's do it. Danny, give us a game. Danny, Danny. Game give us a quick game. game. Um, I have no idea how this is going to go. This might be really difficult or really easy. Um, I think the former, but let's go for it. Um, I was inspired today by Man United's comeback uh, with this game. Um particularly the comeback against Spurs. Man United are very famous for comebacks. In fact, they've got so many famous comebacks. I thought I would challenge you to see if you can remember when they happened. So the game today is really simple. I've got six. So I'm going to ask each of you two, basically. And then I've got a decider if you will get them all right. Um, I'm going to tell you the who Man United were playing and the final score and a little bit about the game. You need to tell me what year was that comeback from? That's all I'm looking for is the year. No, you will answer in the same time. Uh, no, I'm no, going to do. Goes round. I'm going to go round one at a time. Um, although their levels of difficulty vary massively, so the first one's very easy, um, but I'll make the second one their the hardest one for them actually. So my, my memory for it, my recall for this stuff is terrible, so I've got no chance. <laughs> but all I'm looking for is the year. Are you ready? Uh, who, who's going to go first? You're going to get the easiest and hardest. Let Rory go first. All right, I'll go first. All right, Rory, nice easy starter for you. Uh, Bayern Munich were 1-0 up after six minutes. Only the crossbar saved them from going 2-0 down in a match dominated by the Germans. However, two goals in injury time set, uh, sealed an incredible finale in a cup final and football history, football, bloody hell. Uh, what year did Man United defeat Bayern Munich 2-1? That would have been the year that they also robbed Arsenal of an FA Cup, uh, of an FA Cup in 1999. That is correct. One for Rory. Uh, I mean, the only one I would have gotten. I'm pretty sure it is. 
Mark. <laughs> uh, Man United famously came back from 3-0 down oh, against Spurs to win 5-3. They were losing 3-0 at half-time. 46th minute, Andy Cole scored an absolute beauty. Very nice beauty in that game as well. And then, and then that was it. Spurs fans had that sinking feeling. Uh, 76th minute of the match, uh, Juan Sebastian Veron scored the goal to put them 4-3 up. And then David Beckham scored an absolute worldie to put it five with the uh, famous celebration. Uh, what year did United turn it around and win 5-3? I, w- I want to go 2000 and... Oh, let's see, 2000 or 2001. Um, I'm going to go... Good game, good game. Yeah, I thought you froze there. It was 2001. Uh, oh, it was, in fact, 2001. No, I'd have gone 2001, three. but when you said Andy Cole, it just threw me off because I think we sold him not too long after. Yeah, it was two um, years later, though. 2002, I think he went. Um, Chris. Uh, do you know, I'm really not good with this stuff. Oh. Chris, another Spurs result. This time, United were 2-0 down at half-time in the break to a dominant Spurs before turning it around to win 5-2. The game turned on its head in the second half. After a remarkable comeback, a Cristiano Ronaldo penalty was the trigger before a brace from Rooney uh, and Berbatov sealed the victory in the 79th minute. And United went on to win their 11th Premier League title. But what year did they beat Spurs 5-2 after being 2-0 down? Uh, my only real, yeah, my only real reference points are the players that played. And... That, that is the point of the clue, yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I was just instead of being silent while I was thinking, I thought I'd talk it through, but um, I'll cool. just sit in silence now. Cool, great, uh, good potting. Uh, um, what year, Chris? I'm for some reason I've got I've not even got like two years close together. It's either two oh seven or oh nine in my head. I don't even know why I'm ever thinking this because I won't give the right answer. So I'm I'm just going to go for two thousand and nine. That is the correct answer. <laughs> two thousand and nine. Well done, Chris. Uh, right, Rory. Uh, over to you, Rory. You want it's one one and zero at the moment. Okay. Um, it had been four years without a Premier League title for United, who needed to win at Goodison Park to pull away from defending champions Chelsea. Victory looked very unlikely when Everton went two 0 up, but after fifty minutes, John O'Shea's strike offered hope for Phil Neville's own goal. Wayne Rooney then scored the third. Chris Eagles then finished it off. After being 2-0 down, it was a 4-2 victory for United, who went on to claim their, well, their Premier League title. Uh, what year was it? Um, who he played for, yeah. I actually remember the guy, do you remember he was stumbling around like Bambi at the end and then just somehow scored? I, I, so you said it was four years without a title for him, but I'm trying to think. That That's thrown me off because I know that Arsenal won it in... Arsenal won it. Martinelli just scored for Arsenal, by the way. Um, oh, nice. Arsenal won it in 04. Chelsea won it in 05 and 06. So I'm going to say 2007. That is great knowledge. And that is correct. 2007. That's big. Big. Massive. You made it to the final round. Uh, yeah, right. your four-year clue gave. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't mean to... Uh, no, the four-year clue, I thought it wouldn't, wouldn't be that obvious. I nearly said that it was the ninth Premier League title, and I realised after Chris's one, that would have been too obvious. Yeah. Two years uh, right, Mark. Um, 
incredible as it may seem after 64 minutes of the match against West Ham, Man United were going to be just one point clear of second place Arsenal, having played a, a game more. The Gunners were playing at home to struggling Blackburn, but Fergie's team, who were 2-0 down to relegation-threatened Hammonds, um, were, who were, <laughs> went down to 10 men, uh, Javier Hernandez came off the bench and they turned it around and won the game 4-2. But what year was this? Um, oh, just to add, um, after Wayne Rooney scored, he controversially swore into the TV camera. Yeah. So, like, oh, I, was actually, I, I was actually at that game. Um, Were you? Yeah. <laughs> it was a free kick, but I can't remember when it was. Um, Wayne Rooney I, scored a 14-minute hat-trick in that game. I am going to go 2000 and... Oh, did you say we went on to win the title? Was that in the clue? What, I, I, I did not mention the title, no. I have a feeling it's like 2000 and... Uh, okay, 2005. It was 2011. Oh, You're right. Oh, yeah. wow. Have you yeah, oh. Javier Hernandez, Wayne Rooney hat trick. Wayne Rooney wasn't there in 2005, was he? No, no. Yeah, he, he was. That, year. He, that, that was the year he came. I yeah, 14 minute hat trick. Uh, and oh. Vidic got sent off. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they did actually go to go on to win the title that year. Uh, unfortunately, Mark, that is, is Neil Poir. Chris, That's, this is to yeah, take it to a decider. Minus one. Nice. Yeah. Ramsdale's yeah. poopy, by the way. Jesus. Oh, he's, he's a bad keeper. Um, Chris, this is a. You just got a, to the goal now. This is a toughie. It was a no. It was a few set, a few minutes ago, but I don't want to interrupt. Oh, fair enough. Um, it was one of the last games of the season. Are you ready? Man United were playing Sheffield Wednesday. John Sheridan scored a penalty, which looked like it was sending the title to Villa in what was possibly Fergie's most important result in game of his career. Um, but Steve Bruce in the 86th minute with a bullet header then went on to score a second to help United win Fergie's first title and their first title in 25 years. What a comeback it was. But what year did they beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-1? Goodness me. Goodness me. So if I'm right thinking that the Premier League started in 93, isn't it? That was the first season of Premier League. Um, if that is correct, it's it could be 94. 94, 92, 93, 94. 95 is too late. Um, I'm going to go for, um, I'm going to go for 1993. Right. You would no. be correct. It Yay! is 1993. Yeah. The Premier League started in 1992 and they won the first. Uh, Villa were about to win it and Steve Bruce scored an two absolute bullet headers in the last minute of the game uh, to win it. And if you remember Fergie, well, you probably won't. Fergie and Brian Kidd ran on the pitch celebrating, going absolutely nuts. Did um, a water bottle get kicked or something as well? Yeah, was there water yeah. bottles? Yeah. Right. Um, Rory and Chris, you both got two. So we're on to the decider. Yeah. Um, so I don't have another uh, comeback, but what I do have is um, facts about Man United and Spurs who have played each other 189 times and there have been 100 different Man United goal scorers. However, Dennis Law and Bobby Charlton hold the lead for the most goals scored against Spurs. How many goals 
have they scored against Spurs? Closest wins. Who, who do you want to go first? Don't mind. Uh, you go first, Rory, because you'll be going first. I'm going to say... I'm going to say seven. How many games you said they played? I didn't say how many they played. There's been 189 games between Spurs and Man United. There's been 100 yeah. different goal scorers. But Dennis Law and Bobby Charlton hold the lead for the most goals against Spurs. How um, many? Yeah, I'm going to go for... Um, you said seven, yeah? I said seven. I think it's more than seven, so I'm just going to say eight. The answer is 15. Ah. Oh! I don't know how he shithoused his way to that one. Mr. I'm yeah. not good at these things. Mr. Another I'm W for Chris. Things. He oh, likes my games. That's, that's two games in a row of mine, you wrong, Chris. Well done. Uh, really? Nice. Dominant. Dominant. Uh, that is the big hustle right there. Oh, 15 yeah. goals against Spurs. That's outrageous. Each. <laughs> Each. How bad were Spurs in the 1970s? <laughs> yeah. But also, they played for their teams for a long time, innit? So... You know, they, they would have gone up up against him a number of times. Yeah, I mean, but... Bobby Charlton only just lost his record to Rooney. Like, he scored yeah. 200 from goals. So, Ooh, a fair few would have been against Chrissy first. Baby. Chrissy Baby. Look at that. Right. right. Uh, if my calculations are correct, that means we are going to front three, back four. Correct. We need to keep this quick because Rory is gradually just diving into the darkness. Uh, <laughs> because I've won, I'll go first. I think that's only fair. That's my class. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if we'll ever clock on. Uh, in my front three this week is uh, Toby and Lily and Clay because it's National Pets Day today. <laughs> Mark, you've never had in your life, have you? As I recall. Uh, I had a budgie <laughs> for many That's years. That's such a Mark pet to have. I just find that funny because I personally know all three of those dogs. I mean, one's mine, obviously, but I've also met the other two. Like, I feel like my friends are getting a shout out. Well, yeah, I mean, I as well. Yeah, no, no, it's just funny. He didn't have. A, he didn't just mention three random celebrity dogs. Yeah. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, no, but so, yeah. as, as he was saying their names, I was like, oh, I know Clay, I know Lily, I don't know Toby as well. <laughs> it would have been weird if I said yes. This is uh, for Mr. Floppykins or something. <laughs> <laughs> Although, um. I was listening to a podcast this week, and one of their um, someone said their dog's name was called Grandpa. So they just shouted, "Grandpa, come here, Grandpa!" <laughs> but yeah, if you've got a lovely pet out there, do you know what? Also, I want to say that Mark seems the type of person that would have like a tarantula as a pet, it? like a snake, in it, no conventional one, just some butters thing. <laughs> Mark, uh, if we chipped in and got you and got you some form of like amphibian or, or reptile. Would you look after? Look, the key is to have pets that look after themselves. You know, like that's not pet. That's a housemate. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be under forty with a dog because it just will take (laughs) over your. It'll take over your life. Like you're just gonna be. You'd be one of these people. It's like let's go. Let's go for drinks. Well, you know, I've got to get back. Dog's been on its own. That is my life. The funny thing is, as you said that, my dog. My dog walks off. But yeah, a shout out to all the pets there. Um, Give him a nice kiss on the uh, kiss on the cheeks for me. Uh, in my back four this week is uh, Fat Chris because the gyms are open tomorrow. So all that COVID weight I've been putting on is going to be shifted ASAP. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to uh, uh, pump some iron and uh, run on the treadmill and, and skip rope and do all the things that healthy people do. And um, and then you'll wake up and the gyms will be open. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> 
Yeah, so no, I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, we're moving to stage two, so more things are opening. But um, also with gyms opening, pubs are opening, I may be drinking more. But uh, at least if I'm doing some press-ups with it, hopefully we'll get a good uh, balance there. So yeah, can't wait. Nice. I'm going to be bench pressing 250 pounds in seven weeks. What's that in kilos? In proper uh, weight? It's about, it's about 110 kilos. Yeah, that's 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 more than I weigh. That's what, what, you, what do you say? 250 pounds in seven weeks? Yeah. He's making big statements here. So, I mean, he only has to lift three pounds a week. It's laughing. <laughs> hey, look at that. Look, you're, you're, you're how about to prove that? that you, to prove that you can do that, you have to bench press me on the last weekend of the season. The thing is that, um, well, it's, it'll be hard to bench press you because where would I hold on? Because you're an absolute <laughs> Each of his legs. Yeah. And the third one as well. Yeah. Danny, your mum listens to this show. Uh, so you said, yeah. That's weird. Um, yeah. I'll be I'll the garbage next. man, taking out the garbage with Warby there. Go I'll, I'll go next. Um, in my back four, um, really obvious, the reason I'm going next in case anyone else says it, but um, we couldn't have a whole podcast without mentioning it. Um, in case you hadn't heard the news, in case you hadn't turned BBC on for the last two days, um, I just thought we'd pull one out for um, the King of England. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, cheers to him. And yeah. uh, pull one out to poor old Liz. Um, I have to say that, although you shouldn't laugh, there are some, like, memes are quite amazing, really. Like, whenever anything in the world happens, the first thing is, Okay, what are the good memes? Um, there's been some really classic. The Tinder ones. one landed on my in in a WhatsApp group. I mean, within about twenty minutes of the yeah, news, I, literally. I, it's it's five had it stored up. It's What's incredible. That? Is, that, is that the Queen on Tinder? The Queen yeah. on Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. this it's just amazing how quick people are. People are so smart. I love the internet. Well, in fairness, this this one would have been way they're, they're like a bit like the programs they've been showing this week. They've had those programs in there. Oh yeah in the oh, making yeah. for they've had him there for a while like he but unfortunately prince philip was on has been on on his way out for some time and, and major heart surgery at the age of 99 it was yeah surprised he, he what was it two weeks or three weeks he survived after that do we actually know what killed him what did his heart just stop covid it wasn't it wasn't david he's 99 he was an old man look how can i just draw your attention look how happy he is with himself that he's just said that he's got that big chris this was meant to be a somber moment to say uh goodbye to philip i just thought i'd mention if i know prince philip and i think i do he'd be very happy that a guy of my skin color is making a good joke about him yeah in my front three, um, completely unrelated, but um, a story I heard earlier this week, which just made me laugh so much that I thought uh, I'd share it. And it is a um, a man called Ruby Waddell, who you won't have heard of before, but in my opinion, is one of the uh, outstanding s- stories of a sportsman ever. He is a Hall of Famer and uh, a Baseball Hall of Famer, American, uh, but he was a pitcher, still regarded as one of the best pitchers ever at the start of the century in the 1900s. But... Um, I just urge you to read his Wikipedia page because he was obviously a huge drunk and he was nuts, uh, but he was so good that they just sort of didn't care. I just want to read you the first paragraph of the description of him, of his early baseball career. So it says, um, Waddell's career went through a number of teams, but he was quite unpredictable. Early in his career, he would sometimes leave the pitch in the middle of the game to go fishing. 
He also had a long-standing fascination with fire trucks, and he'd run off the field to chase them <laughs> during games on multiple occasions. Was he a Jack he Russell? Also, he would also disappear for months at a time during the off-season without anyone knowing where he'd gone until it was later discovered he was wrestling alligators. He was easily distracted by opposing fans who would sometimes hold puppies up in the crowd uh, to distract him, uh, which seemed to put him in a trance and he'd run over to play with them. He was a complete alcoholic his entire life, but he is in the Hall of Fame and has still the, the best records of pretty much any pitcher ever to have played in the American Baseball League. Um, and there's just, read the story of his life. It's absolutely fantastic. But What's his um, name? Ruby, Ruby Waddell, R-U-B-E, Waddell. Um, just some of the stories are just so funny about him. But what baseball, a legend. Baseball sports history is funny because the players are absolute characters. And one of the things I was like with baseball is like, the old names of baseball players from like the early 1900s, like you got you got play, players called Urban Urban Shocker, Johnny Dick Shot, Chicken Wolf. One was called Beer, Coco Crisp, Dicky Thon, Razor Shot. Like they've got Tim. Was this Tim Spoony Barger? Uh, <laughs> uh, this was Ruby Waddell. I'm just saying. Know. I'm just saying funny names. Shooty Babbit. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so um, my fun three, just because uh, I thought, what a brilliant story. Um, and if you get a chance, look him up. He's got a hilarious. He was married a lot. Um, at one point, he he forgot how many wives he had. He forgot which one he was still married to. Just an absolute hero and a drunk. So, yeah, rusty cunts. Rusty cunts. <laughs> now you make them. All right, I'll go. Saying this, is Rory there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm reading about Ruby Waddell. Go on, oh, carry on. Okay. Yeah, no, my back four is also to pull one out. Uh, there was a couple deaths over the last few days. And I don't know if, I know, Chris, you would have watched it, but who used to watch Big Brother back in the 2000s? And Nikki Graham passed away a month after her friends started to go fund me for her anorexia treatment. Um, unfortunately, it's taken her. So let's pull one out. I absolutely loved her who is she moment. And uh, it's a bit of a, running joke that we have in our family as soon as someone comes in it's like who is she and it's uh, I, I feel like that joke every family. Family. I, I yeah, think that yeah, joke yeah. we have that joke it, that is a worldwide joke that who is she everyone knows it yeah and uh I to be honest I saw her in the celebrity one and I think she was a bit like I, I don't really like the celebrity Big Brothers and it was well past when Big Brothers sort of expiry date. But back in the, when Big Brother was big, she was one of the, the big characters from it. So let's pull one out for her. And uh, in my front three, I'm just going to say it. I know it's, it's the last day of the Masters. Like while I've been on this pod, I've, I've got the leaderboard up. Annoyingly, uh, it looks like Chaffelet, who I've got in my bet, has gone from second to fourth. So... Uh, He's he's just bogeyed annoyingly, but um, I've got Shaffley as well. Yeah, and is Matsuyama still smashing it? He's on minus eleven. John John Rahm, who who was on evens at the start of the day, is heavily tipped on the All Talk WhatsApp group by by certain people. Yeah, he's now on minus five. He's on a he's on a a run to get me a place. So uh, I think he's nearly finished, isn't he? He's three he's three thirteen. He's on the thirteenth. He's on minus five. there's a there's a par five left, which is usually where you can get get a couple down. So potentially, if he gets himself down to minus seven, minus eight, that's a place. So 
tips on the you, old you never know with that Tiana. Some money for it so. you never know right sunday sunday afternoon the back nine in augusta anything can happen i've seen it before anything can happen although he's 11 under now he could easily drop four or five shots he only has to have one bad hole so yeah true. A, a couple of places and i'm like i, I can't complain with that so I've got a cannibal hit comb. Bobby, do you want to go? Still, still going yeah. with those um, So in my front three this week, um, I, I know you two usually do news stories and I don't really know what the rules are of this. So I just go with something something I like at the minute. So I want to do a massive shout out to Pizza Gogo. Um, I've ordered from there like three, four times in the last month. And I recently discovered them because where I used to live, they didn't have a pizza go-go. There was only the standard Domino's pizza art options. I think and you've just figured, I think you've just won front three back four. You right, figured it out. Yeah. All I'm gonna say, right, is is and Chris, you've experienced pizza go-go last night, and you experienced Lovely. pizza go-go um in in the garden. In the garden, in the garden, and a couple of other times when you've been around in the last few months in the garden, you uh, experienced pizza go-go. And all I'm gonna say is that. If Pizza Gogo was more mainstream and more known about the the traditional big three, I I'm not I'm not talking about Athletic Madrid, Real Madrid, and Barcelona. Yeah, yeah I was, I was thinking, who's the, who's the, <laughs> the traditional <laughs> big three is Papa John's, Domino's, and Pizza Hut. Come on, uh, getting Papa John's in there. That's that's a big big well, shout. Papa John's are the Athletic Madrid of pizza. I think they Papa occasionally John's would be better if it had a garlic and herb dip, not that garlic butter. It. Yeah, have a job. Rated higher. Yeah. So gross. Yeah. Well, it's a terrible sauce. So it actually brings the level down. Pizza Gogo is decent. I, I, I started. I got those a few times because they were on. Do you remember Channel Four used to do Undercover Boss? Yes, I remember. I've seen that. Pizza Gogo well. was yeah on there, and it was. The, I think it was like he did the undercover in somewhere like Tottenham, and yeah. then the driver came back and was like, "My pizza has got robbed of me as I got to the house." <laughs> And he was like, does this happen all the time? He's like, yeah, at least yeah. once a week we get robbed for our pizzas. Yeah, yeah. people used to order pizzas like to different levels of the tower block, like different tower yeah, blocks. Yeah, When he was point. in one, they'd rob the pizza out of his bike that he was going to take to the second tower block. But yeah, honestly, the traditional big three would be in massive trouble if Pizza Gogo, especially shout out to my local one and shout out to the one in Hendon, which is where I went to uni, both outrageous stores. So if they're listening, it, I know, I I know they're big fans top. of all talk. It, yeah, make if, sure if you put like pizza go good and try tops. Tops pizza is good. Is that good? Another, We've got another shot. That's another one. Yeah. Maybe oh, King's, King's Pizza near me. Oh. Maybe during the summer we can do when there's not as much football. We can do like a list of independent or smaller pizza, the non-big free pizza companies that we can just shout out. Because yeah, you got to split them America, American or Italian. Like yeah, to me, I was going to say there's Italian a lot of Italian pizza. restaurants that would argue. Because, but I love how you said in the summer when there's not a lot of football, like we're not going through every single competition, then straight into the Euros, then straight yeah, into yeah, another. Well, there must be some sort of interlow, right? Of like a there is literally none. Right. There is next to none. So I'll do my back four. <laughs> so in my back four, it's it sort of ties in a little bit with what Danny was talking about. But um, as somebody who enjoys social media, I want to say that. If you can't think of anything nice to say when someone dies, just don't say anything at all. And there's so many people around that just, they see any sort of death, be it celebrity or be it like somebody in some sort of public figure. And they see it as like, oh, this is my chance to be edgy and, you know, to, you know, just get 
just get a bit of a nibble out of people. And it's just, there's not a time or a place. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Yeah, no, we agreed. And that's and that's why there's more boycotts now, isn't there? So, uh, yeah. So Rangers boycotted to social media today. And yeah. I think quite a few clubs are. Uh, even even when, when Rangers said they were going to boycott, the comments section of Rangers saying they were going to boycott was full of fans of other teams going, what about the time when Rangers fans did X, Y and Z? And it's just... Yeah, it's just very, it's just, social media is a very toxic place. And I say I that as someone who loves yeah. social media. Well, I've, I hardly go on Twitter anymore because I find it too toxic. I think yeah. I'll go back to Twitter more when the world goes a bit back to normal a bit because I think at the moment lockdowns and yeah. lockdowns across the world and the amount of protests, right, right protests or wrong protests, like, it's just, yeah, it's just too toxic. I just use Twitter for crypto pump and dumps now. It's great. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Watching people make millions and then lose it. It's hilarious. Uh, I'm going to smile and pretend Instagram, I know what that means. Instagram for the memes. That's it. Just get, get those Fair funny, play. funny memes. And uh, also some uh, booties. But right. um, Chris, right, we've, go. we've got a line of duty soon. We've got a line of duty, yeah. And I've also got a read up on um, Chief Bender, who was a baseball player too. So, uh, right. <laughs> We'll see you next week. And uh, whoa, 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 where's your front three back for? I thought you know it, mate. Did you? It was Pets Day and me losing weight. Oh yeah, well, he was first. Sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't often go first. Yeah. Next week. Yeah, I think that's what I think that's what caught you there, Warriors, because I went first this time. Yeah. So yeah. That's probably like what happened. Chris, there. Chris's front three of losing weight was followed by your front three of you and Chris having Eating pizza. pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris having pizza. In this garden, not in this flat, in this garden 24 hours ago. Yeah, just before we leave, I just want to tell everyone, Franco Manka is so overrated and it's terrible. All right, see you guys next week. All right.